Would you auction off your home? Well, we're talking about it in today's podcast. Welcome to KT Confidential, episode 229. Uh, welcome. How are you? Episode 229. We're not supposed to say that. Why? In case we decide to rejig the order because something Well, this won't be rejigged because it's up. very timely because as of April 1st, there is a new implementation, we'll call it. <laughs> it's a great word choice. It's not, it's not a legislation. It's an implementation. An optional feature available on realtor.ca uh which people can opt into or opt out of or but it was discussed last year called what's it called open 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 so the premise of this open, open offers open offers oh it's right in front of me here i printed a copy for you i put it away i read it already but the premise of it is there's a lot of controversy behind the whole blind bidding system although i I think open or well, uh, this is what we're going to talk about. Don't go into your thoughts yet. Let's tell everybody what we're actually talking about. Okay. Well, I was trying to do that. So the <laughs> open offers, it basically allows agents, if their sellers permit to disclose certain information about offers on their property as in real time, more or less in real time. Um, and BC, it specifically says they can even, um, identifying the price and the conditions. I don't believe that's an option in Ontario. Until now. And according to this, it's not. The article I read said in, in Ontario, they can disclose... No, price is very much a, a part of this. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know why they said that then. But thanks for tuning in. We don't know what we're talking about. We'll see you next week. Well, two different articles. This one didn't say that. But anyways. Well, if you get up to date on your uh, Kriya and Oria and Rico emails that have been coming through, they all talk about that. So the it's basically an auction. Yes. It's an auction. And price well, is they're disclosed. All, they're That's all auctions. The point. It's about, it's, it's um, an open auction. Right. Is the point, yes. Correct. Opposed to blind bidding. So the seller now closed in the province of Ontario have the option of opting in to have this open offer system like an auction where the details are disclosed, specifically the price. And so, potentially conditions. Yeah. Basically, you'll be able to now... Here's the funny thing, because as they've rolled out more information, not all of the information was available, and even some of it is still, like, misunderstood, just like you weren't aware about the price No, detail. no, I think I did know about that, because that's the whole point of it. Why else are they doing it? I'm just not thinking clearly. So... We had a meeting at our brokerage and and even the brokerage manager said, yeah, we don't have answers to this, this, because I was asking a few questions. And so there's still information that needs to be. What were those questions? Do you remember? Uh, pertaining to. So now. Um, 
there was remuneration discussions because now as well at the same time because this is all revolving around the same time as the new release of Tressa, which is basically uh, replacing um, the Realtors Act from 2002. So first time in 21 years that some major changes have happened in, in real estate in Canada. And one of the one of the changes is that previously you were either a customer or a client of a brokerage. And now the potential customer or client does have an option to essentially represent themselves. In that representation, there's paperwork to be done. There's going to be questions that that person has to the listing agent. So there's that gray area of, okay, well, is this person all of a sudden a customer, which I owe um, certain code of ethics, et cetera, et cetera, to? Or is this person a client, which means you're under contract to represent that person in their best interests? And have fiduciary obligations. Well, I would think it's clear that it wouldn't be a client. So, right. So, but are you a customer that is now in some form under a contract? You're under a contract to be a customer, essentially, when you're... I don't um, think... So anyways, the gray area is now people have the ability to literally represent themselves. I feel like they always did. They could if they wanted to. They can go through their lawyer. It would be no different. Maybe yeah. it's just more formal process of doing it. And literally what we were talking about is if somebody wants to go down that path that you as a realtor really cannot say anything to that person uh, because you are now representing your seller in their best interests, your this person is now representing themselves and has no tie to the brokerage whatsoever. Why can't you say anything? That's the best situation. Somebody who's inexperienced wants to handle it themselves. That's on them. So now you treat them like another realtor on the other side of the equation. But they're not a realtor. doesn't matter. They're choosing to self-represent. It's like right. I was but a witness going, in a court case recently. They had to self-represent, be, and they yeah, were treated like a to lawyer. Be the buyer, anyways. That's a whole other topic. But the discussion you said, or you were asking about, what was the questions that haven't been answered? So all of a sudden, if you have this unrepresented individual, how how does some of this information get? Disclose. So anyways, lots of gray areas right now happening, but the point of this conversation, open offers now are um, available and specifically in Ontario, where we reside, you will as a seller have the ability to opt in to having your home essentially auctioned where people know the price that somebody is actually bidding on a home. So as an example, literally just this morning, a friend of mine who lives outside of our trade area got into multiple offers last night as a buyer. And the it's funny because he went to the open house, saw the home, and it's listed 
for approximately three to four hundred thousand dollars less than he found out that the seller is willing to accept. The realtor at the open house told him, Oh, my sellers won't accept anything less than 2.35 or whatever. And it's listed for like 1.89. And um, so he went in last night and got into multiple offers, three offers. He uh, offered $2 million and didn't get accepted, but neither did the other offers. None of the offers got accepted. And nobody knows what any of the offers were, et cetera, et cetera. So in this case, what now sellers have the ability of doing is saying, okay, we're not making it blind. Everybody's going to know exactly what's happening with these offers and and the prices. And you'll be able to log on to realtor.ca as a consumer and see the bids. I wonder if it will show you historical sales or offers. So if there were five that weren't accepted, what were the details? Well, these are the questions we don't have the answers to at the moment. But my big thing with this is that the so the CEO of this organization has a few comments in that article and he was talking about how blind bidding was problematic. I think open bidding will also become problematic and cause um, people to pay more money. Because if there's an and we experience it regularly, where if there's a buyer and there's an offer already on a property, they'll uh, in many cases, especially in recent months, get cold feet and say, no, I'll wait and see what happens. But if they knew the details of that offer, then they may be inclined to say, okay, well, that seems reasonable. Let me give it a go. The biggest fear that buyers have in a blind bidding situation is that they are going to overpay for the home. And when I say overpay, I mean their fear is that they've paid way more than the closest other offer. Or that they feel it's worth or feel that a fair price would be. Well, then I think that's just being a silly buyer. But that's Because you the- have to know as a buyer, you have to know your limits. More importantly, you have to have a realtor representing you that can sit down and educate you on the market and on the property and on its current value and educate you on what other homes are available in that price range and how they compare, educate you on the past sales over the last 30, 60, 90 days, and how this home stacks up in terms of value. And then you have to set your limits. I purchased a property, our cottage, that on paper seemed like we paid more than market value for it at the time. I wanted to pay more more than market value because... Well, you probably saw the value. I saw the value to me. So, and I've had buyers in that circumstance. You know, sometimes buyers can be a little bit more detailed on their needs or their wants in their next home. So as an example, I've had buyers where they've said, my backyard has to face west and it has to be on a court and I don't want a sidewalk and all of a sudden a home like that pops up, they might be willing to stretch. Um, There's also buyers who wouldn't put an offer when there's already an offer because they didn't want to contribute towards that house selling for more money. Right. And you're just adding fuel to the heated market in those circumstances. But that's going to happen regardless in an open or closed bid situation. 
right? Yeah. Or in a blind, blind bidding. Sure, as soon as there's another offer. But there's and many... Anytime s- you have multiple offers, whether it's a blind bid or an open bid, it's going to drive the price up. Yes. But that also means that home is in good demand, which in a supply and demand situation, if you got a nice place, yeah, people want to buy it. I would say in more circumstances, though, that I can recall, if if buyers knew the price point of the other offers, they probably would have increased their price to improve their odds of winning because sometimes they were off by small amounts. Right. In that circumstance, so let's say you take a 1,500 square foot townhome. I like to refer to that a lot because that's usually where the average price point comes out in in Halton region. So you take a million dollar townhome and it's an open bid situation. And the top bid is a million twenty thousand. Yeah, maybe you're gonna go to a million twenty-five, a million thirty, because you don't want FOMO. If you're missing out, right? You don't want to miss out yeah. for five grand. Well, and the sale of each property sets the benchmark for the next one that's going to be listed. So it's like pay it now or pay more later. Yeah, it's and that's in any market, yeah. even in a declining market where we've seen year over year. Uh, prices reduce when you have a desirable property and it's priced well and there's a multiple offer situation that means it's it's in demand and somebody somebody else is going to want it just as much or more than you do well and if you're trying to avoid this competitiveness you have to avoid the nice houses that everybody wants so we actually had a a blog post recently, and it talks about how to get a good deal on nice properties. And it's about rejigging your opinion of what nice is and seeing through the cosmetic fancies and, you know, the staging and all the fluff in those houses and focusing on the properties that have potential yeah. may just need a clean and a paint. Yeah. Right. And that's where you may be able to avoid those circumstances. Well, that'll be a great transition or a kind of, preview i suppose of our next episode so if you're listening to this next week's episode is going to be very relevant because we're talking about starter homes and what what the definition of a starter home is what is a starter home and what is it to be a first-time home buyer and in this market so that's episode 230 next week um now in an open bid situation how does this benefit the seller. Why would a seller not want people blind bidding and potentially overpaying? Because what is first of all, what is overpaying? There's no you know, if people pay are willing, more than they would in the circumstance of an open bid. People will pay more in circum <clears throat> in open bidding circumstances so than an they example, may have in blind bidding. And the same holds true the other way around. In fact, I think more <clears throat> so. I agree. So going back to that million dollar scenario, let's say there's three offers on the property. One is at 995 or a million, right at asking price. The other one's at a million 20. It's an open bid. So now I want the home. I'm going to go to a million 29. And the person at a million 20 says, ah, if they're willing to pay a million 30 for it, then let them have it. But how do you know that person at a million twenty nine million thirty didn't wouldn't have gone up to one point one? 
Maybe. Right. Or Maybe. how do you know if it was a closed bid at 120 and that 120 said, no, I don't want to keep just arbitrarily raising my price without knowing if I actually need to. Let's wait and find out. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. But if they knew 129 was the next number and they actually had an extra 20K in their pocket, they may say, okay, well, let's go to 135. Right. And then the 129 says, I'm not losing it for six grand. I'm going to go to 140. Mm-hmm. And then at what point does that stop? Mm-hmm. So it could go both ways. Yeah. I don't think it'll solve any problems. People are premising it as this is a solution to the escalating prices. I don't think it will at all. And it will stimulate it in some cases. Yeah. I mean, it may. I think in a market that's been declining over the last year, that it could backfire a little bit on on sellers because buyers are in more control right now. So it could help not drive the price up. In certain markets, like this market right now, I would say it would benefit buyers more than sellers. And then in the seller's market, it just completely has the opposite effect. Because in this market, if you had your eyes, like I've seen a lot of houses uh, that sold for far less than I expected them to sell. The, the difference, though, is that if it was an open bid, I, and I get it, it's like buying something on eBay, right? You see the price go up, maybe you start your bid low, and then you see all these other bids come in. Now you increase your bid, and then everybody at the last second, in the last minute when they get that eBay notification, trying to make that bid to get in at the last second. Um I think it'll be much more incremental amounts, like smaller increments, than in the closed bid situation. How many times have you been on the listing side with that million dollar property and somebody starts off at a million but ends up at a million two because you went back for a revision and all of a sudden you have a hundred or $200,000 improvement on their offer? It'll just take longer to get there. Right. You're going to be negotiating for like hours upon hours. And what's interesting, and I don't know, I haven't seen any. Or you have a reserve. Yeah, I haven't seen any details. But apparently when a bid comes in, it resets to further extend the end time of the bidding to allow the other bidders to then improve. So it doesn't, doesn't just end like an eBay auction. If there is a bid that comes in in the last minute, everyone else is still given an opportunity to improve. But this is silly because... it could go on and on and on. Well, this is just... That's referring to the irrevocable time. Right. Right? It doesn't mean the offer is dead or the offer is accepted at that point. So it's really irrelevant, the time frame. It just... It adds an element of pressure to the buyers to, to... increase the price. At the end of the day, nothing's going to happen if the seller's not happy. But there's also, I've seen a few houses recently, rural properties that were listed north of $2 million that sold for in the, just a fair bit below 200. Like it's also 1.8s, 1.7s even. And I never would have thought they'd sell for that price. But in this market, that could stimulate that price point too. Because if there's other people looking at these homes saying, oh, beautiful home, but I'm not spending over $2 million for it. Right. And if then they, they knew they would have accepted 1.8. Yeah, if they see an offer come in at 1.75, they may be like, 
wow, I never thought somebody would try that. Let's see if I can get it for 1.85. All right. right. And they start just over the lowest bit and work their way up. Yeah. Anyway, that's some news. We're just, this is the first time you and I have spoken about it and it's all, all new. Um, April 1st, new to, new to realtor.ca. Um, information is still trickling down. I don't think we'll be using it anytime soon. I don't think any of our sellers will want to use it anytime soon, but who knows? That kind of intrigues me. I'd be actually inclined to try it. Go ahead. Sell your house. Maybe. Try it. First house sold on open offers. There you go. Could write a good blog about that. Sounds like a plan. I got nowhere to move though. You can rent. You're a big advocate of selling and renting. So that's true. Not in this market though. And then buying I'd multiple. I'd rather just keep it and rent. Just to clarify, selling, renting, and then buying multiple. Staying in the market, yeah. Residential uh, investment properties. Yes. Uh, so next week, what is a starter home and giving some tips to first time home buyers. Um, yeah, that's it for this week. Good chat. And that's it for today, you guys. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell.